as the offering is going around. I know if you're like me, you're just taking a few minutes to breathe deeply after dancing so much, right, with the kids. So we're just taking a deep breath. We're just being at peace in the Lord right now. We're thanking him to be together as a family. And I will start by saying good morning. My name is Lori. If you don't know me, I've been around here um, a little while, and it's just always a privilege to get to share with my church families this morning. Um, so we are in a series right now on the book of Psalms. Looks really nice. I like the haircut. Sorry, we're just, okay, saw a new haircut in the audience. All right, I'm, I'm with you. Here we go. We are in a new series this summer on the book of Psalms. And Randy started it last week. If you didn't get to hear his message, I encourage you to go online, indievineyard.org, and you can listen on messages to last week's sermon where he set it up really well. I'm a teacher, so I have to give you his three main points, and that's this, uh, that the Psalms, he says, are divided into three sections, Psalms of orientation, Psalms of disorientation, when things are not going so well, and Psalms of reorientation, where we realign with who God really is. Now, for me this week, as I was studying the Psalms, I realized that for me personally, they do at least three things, and so I'm going to share them with you so that you kind of get this hunger in your heart to say, oh, maybe it's really good for us to read the Psalms, because sometimes, if you've been around a while, it's maybe easy to forget, like the Psalms are powerful things. It's a songbook of the Old Testament. It would be like us having like a permanent download all the time with all the worship songs that are coming out right now, just always playing. This is although even better because it's a compilation of worship songs, hymns, praises that were written by Moses, David, David's son Solomon, and some of the prophetic singers and worship leaders in the time of David. Did you know that that's who wrote the Psalms? So at least five different groups of people. Now, here's my question for you. Are you ready? Who, what do all those people have in common? They love Jesus. Absolutely. And honestly, that's it. But even more than that, they knew Jesus. They knew Yahweh. They knew who the Father was, not just because they were told. They knew him from experience. All of those people, Moses, David, David's son Solomon, the, the singers in the presence of the Lord day and night, night and day, they wrote these psalms out of a personal experience with God. So that's why these things are anointed. That's why we still sing them today in many, many of our worship songs, because these people knew who their God was. And sometimes I just want to remind myself and you maybe today that we need to be in these every day. And if you do, it will do these three things. A, it will help you express both your praises and your pain. Wherever you are in life, it will help you express. And I just want to remind you all, no matter what your personality type is, God wants us to express to him. He wants us to be in relationship to him in which we speak to him and he speaks back. In which we give to him. And he gives back. It's this ongoing relationship. If you don't remember anything else today, maybe that's just it. Like, we are to be in constant communication with the Lord. Giving him our praises. He just pours out his love. Giving him our concerns and our fears. And he pours out his peace. But there's got to be an expression going on. That's, that's what makes relationship. My son John here is engaged to his wonderful Jasmine. If they were to go through their relationship and only one of them talked... It would be a bad deal, right? In a relationship, there has to be a talking and a listening and a talking and a listening. It's, are you with me? 
I'm going back to the basics here, but this is who our God is. This is what he wants from us. Number two, the Psalms help us to realign and remember. That's pretty simple. Sometimes the world is telling us who God might be or questioning, but we can come back to the Psalms and say, this is who my God is. Therefore, this is who I am to him. We realign. And when we do that, everything falls into place. Number three, the Psalms are like weapons of warfare, people. This is real stuff. The enemy comes, and remember, he's, he's not flesh and blood. He, we fight against principalities and spiritual, you know, most of the time he comes at us, it's right here, right? It's lies and accusations. That's his name. He is the accuser and the deceiver. So how do we combat the enemy in our life? We've got to know the truth, the truth that sets us free. And when we agree with the truth by proclaiming it, reading it, singing it, meditating on it, in agreement, we defeat the voice of the enemy. We silence him. This is what will help you in spiritual warfare. So many good things that come from the Psalms. I want to show you two pictures this morning. The picture on uh, your left would be how Lori used to garden. <laughs> I would buy this beautiful plant at the store. I'd bring it home, and I'm like, yes, I have gorgeous plants. But I kind of forgot about them, and then when you forget about them, then sometimes they don't last because I didn't realize that the one on the left needed to be put in the sun. I had put him in the shade, and I didn't realize that he needed to be watered every day. And so he just sort of dried up. The one on the right is how I'm learning to garden today. My friend Laura, she comes over and helps me and reminds me, Laura, you've got to take care of this thing. See, he's got this guy, he needs to be in the sun. He needs to be in the presence of the sunshine and the light and the nutrients that are going to fill him every day. That plant, he needs to be soaked in the water so that his roots will grow down deep. And you know what happens when you do that? He flourishes. He thrives. Even when the bad storms have come through, anybody had bad storms at your house lately like we have? Even when the winds came through, he continued to thrive. Even when the storms were raging, he continued to thrive. When the tornadoes came through, I'm talking floods, he's okay because he's been in the sun and he's soaked up the water of the nutrients. I'm just here today to remind you, my friends and my family, that you and I were designed by God to thrive. We were designed by God to live in the light of the sun, in the constant presence of God. And we were designed to have our whole being saturated by the water of the Holy Spirit and the Word. And if we do those two things, you guys, you'll look like that plant on the right. You'll thrive. You see, that's what Jesus came to do. He said, I've come to give you life abundant. He wants us to enjoy it, as in experience it. You see, God could have made like food to just be like something you eat that keeps you healthy. Blah, blah, blah. But no, he made food that tasted good. He could have made the relationship between a husband and a wife just so that when you come together, this is G-rated today, so when you come together, it's productive. But no, he made it so that it is good. It is enjoyable. Are you with me? Our God is an experiencing God. He wants you and I to experience and to know the sweetness of life. Everybody say the sweetness of life. This is what you were designed for. I'm just going to raise expectation and hope again today, okay? This is what we're supposed to look like, all right? Now, 
One day I was getting ready to have a great big bite of my favorite pizza. Can you guys think right now of like your favorite pizza? Okay, like, and it had just come out of the oven, and it was still hot, piping hot. That's the best time for me to eat it. And the, the cheese was still kind of, like, bubbling. Are you with me? I'm like, yes. So I'm, like, getting ready to take a big bite of this wonderful pizza. pizza. This, I'm just ready for the sweetness, right? I take a big bite, and all of a sudden, my lips are on fire. And I'm like, ah, and my whole mouth is on fire. Somebody put a jalapeno on my pizza, and I don't like jalapenos. And wasn't looking forward to a jalapeno, was not expecting it at all. And the, the thing was just sizzling on my lips. I, I couldn't get it off. And therefore, every bite I took after that was tainted by the jalapeno on my lips. It tainted all the rest of my experience of that pizza. So today, guess what we're going to talk about? <laughs> jalapenos. Yes, we're going to talk about jalapenos. We're going to talk about the fact that Our experience of the sweetness of life is in direct proportion to what is on your lips. We'll say it again. Our experience of the sweetness of life is in direct proportion to our, to what is on your lips. Now, the sweetness of life for you and me is simply this, life with Jesus. Right? This plant needed to be in the presence all the time. The sweetness of life is found in Jesus. And I just want to give testimony this morning. He's everything. When I'm living in his presence and abiding in his love, I thrive. I can withstand the storms that come in my life. When I am in constant communication with him and I'm talking to him about everything, I thrive. And when I forget and I try to do life on my own, it's not a sweet life. It's anxious and striving and hard, isn't it? And I end up looking like that other plant. I wear wear out. But you guys, the sweetness of life is Jesus. It's talking to him all the time, walking with him. Oh, it's, it's everything. He is the sweet life. My heart for us today is to grow and enjoy a little bit more of the sweet life. And I want to just say it one more time. It is in direct correlation to what is on our lips. Now, David, King David in the Bible, he knew this almost better than anyone. And I loved studying about him this week. One of the Psalms he wrote says this, I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is what? See, in the presence. I will not be shaken even when the winds come. For he is where? Right beside me. You see, we've got to awaken this morning. My heart is that we would wake up. He's right here. Like, he's right here. Thank you, Jesus, that you're right here. You're always right here. No wonder, he says, my heart is glad and I rejoice. You hear the experiential part of it? See, when we're aware, we get the joy. When we're with Jesus, we get to experience and feel him and know the abundant life that Jesus came to bring, even in the midst of the storms. He goes on to say, my body can rest in safety. You will show me the way of life, granting me the what? The joy of your presence and the pleasure of living with you forever. This is King David. And the psalm we're going to study today a little bit more in depth is Psalm 34. If you bring your Bibles and you want to open it up, open it up to Psalm 34. That's where we're going to hang out for just a little while. Psalm 34, 1. Yep, we talked about this one. We can go on. Yep. Yeah, right there. Psalm 34, 
verse 1 says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Our experience of the sweetness of life is directly related to what is on our lips. Let's say this together. Can we just read it together? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. What song did we sing this morning taken from Psalm 34.1? Did you hear it? His praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips. You know why worship songs are so good? You know why the psalms were put to music and we sang them? Because you just, they, they, they ring in your head. I wake up every morning singing something. What is it that we put in us so that it's always ringing in there, always singing, always reminding us? And when you sing it, it just, oh, it just stays with us, doesn't it? You know, y'all, y'all learn the ABCs because they put it to music. A, B, C, D, E. You think I'm kidding. Music makes a big difference. Okay, we're going to go on. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. If we were to do just this one verse, it would change your life. If we just did this one thing, I'm telling you, it would change everything. You would begin to thrive like that hibiscus plant, red and healthy, no matter what happens in your life. We're going to go on, I think, is the next one, the rest of the psalm, what's the next slide there? You know, here's, here's, yeah, right, right there. Here we go. We're going to do Psalm 34, and I just want to read a few more of the verses, and then we'll go back and break it down just a little bit, okay? So now I'm reading from the NLT, and it says almost the same thing, starting at verse 1, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. Look at all the ways that David used his lips in this particular, just the two or three verses. He's praising, he's speaking, he's boasting. Let us tell and let us exalt. Do you see all the ways he uses his lips? Going on, the next verse of David says this. I prayed to the Lord, this is his testimony, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with what? With joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Going on. I, oh, this is where he's inviting us. Taste. Hear it? Taste and see, experience that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his godly people, for those who fear him will have all they need. Even young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. All right. I wish I could go on and read the whole thing. My encouragement to you this week, read Psalm 34. It's fantastic. We're going to go back to the very first verse. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always or ever be on my lips. Okay? Notice David does not say, I will bless the Lord sometimes. Or, I will bless the Lord when all is going well. Or, I will bless the Lord when he blesses me. Right? Or when I'm in a good mood. David makes a choice here. 
David is like setting a line in the sand. David is saying, this is how I'm going to live my life. You hear what he says? I will. I will bless the Lord at all times. He's making a declaration here of how he wants to live. How he wants to live. Think about who David is. David was the one who was out on the, uh, out on the hillsides with his sheep. Probably spent a lot of time by himself, although he was with the Lord. David knew what it was to be in the Lord's presence, and that's where he wrote some of the worship songs that he wrote. David spent time with the Lord, talking to him, abiding in his presence, singing praises to him, and probably hearing back, because that's what a relationship does. David knew him so well. But David is also the one who, as he was watching the sheep one day, all of a sudden he hears this massive roar. And he sees this massive ball of fur coming towards him at a pretty high rate of speed. Anybody know this story in the Bible? What was coming at him, kids? Anybody know? A big lion. It was coming at him and his sheep. You know what David knew? I have to protect my sheep. So I'm going to stand in front of this lion. Now, I want to ask you, how did David feel at this moment? Terrified, maybe? Desperate? Did he think maybe this was it? This is the end? But see what he did? He called out to God in his distress. And Psalm 34 says, the Lord heard me. And he answered my cry. And somehow, I have no idea how this happened, but it says that David killed the lion with his bare hands. Do you understand this does not happen? Right? Lion, bare hands. What? Okay, let me ask you this. Have you ever thought about what happened after the lion is laying dead next to David and he realizes he's killed it? Do you think maybe he just went... Yep. Or do you think he went? And do you think he lifted his head and his hands and he went, I don't even know how to thank you for that. Like, what just happened? God, you just saved my life. I was sure to die, but you rescued me. Father, you gave me what I needed when I needed it. I don't even know how to say thank you, but Lord... For as long as I live, I'm going to thank you with every breath I have and every word I speak. And if, if that still won't be enough to tell you thank you. You see, David could praise the Lord at all times because his heart was overflowing with gratitude. He knew who his God was because his God came through for him. And I just want to tell you today, sometimes it's good for us to remember from what has come at you in life and what he has saved you from. We sang about it this morning. Where would we be without Jesus? And that's the rest of my testimony. Where would I be without him? See, when I stop and I remember every day where I would be without Jesus, still lost in my sin, still trying to do life on my own, still anxious and worried and weary, but he rescued me out of doing life on my own and filled me with his presence. And now he's with me all the time. And I can testify to the fact that he saved me from that. Not only that, he saved me from darkness and brought me into light. He saved me from being dead in my sins to being alive in Christ. He saved me from a life separated from God to one day I will live with him forever. This is what my Jesus has done for me because he gave his life for us on the cross. And I'm telling you what, when we stop and we remember and we realize with what he has done it just brings me back down here and I just say 
if I thanked you every minute of every day, it would never be enough. What if you and I today decided to be like David and we said, this is how I want to live. Like I'm going to declare today that I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. I just want his praise to be on my lips. It would change your life. This is how much David loved him. David didn't just make one psalm about it. Almost every psalm that David writes says the same thing. Then David said, not only do I want this to be my lifestyle, I'm going to set this up as the lifestyle of my kingdom. Therefore, we're going to build a tabernacle, and we're going to have people in there worshiping God day and night, night and day. This had never been done before. But David said, we're going to worship him at all times. His praise will always be on our lips, people. And you know what happened to his whole nation? It thrived because they spent time in the presence and they were watered with the Holy Spirit and they knew that he alone was worthy to be boasted in and honored and their whole kingdom thrived. Just think about it. Not only if you and I individually would make this our lifestyle, what if we made it our lifestyle in your family? And what if your family multiplied to your whole community and your whole community just gave praise to God where we could change the world? Let his praise ever be on our lips. Sometimes I think we forget the power of the tongue. I could preach for about 12 hours on it because I've had to learn it over my lifetime. I used to use my tongue for not such great things. I'm rather passionate, so when I'm, you know, in a great mood, everything was really good. But it used to be that if I wasn't in a good mood, that I would use my tongue for other things. And so I had to learn all the scriptures that had to do with the power of the tongue, Right? Let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is helpful for building others up, that it may benefit those who listen according to their needs. See, and I had to learn that. Well, anyway, I can tell you all of them. Here's the deal. I think we don't realize the power of what comes out of our mouth. You see, you and I were created in the image of the one who spoke the world into being. Who spoke the world into being. Let there be light. Then Jesus came along to reinstate the fact that we as man made in his image are to do the same thing. And Jesus stood in front of a storm worse than the tornadoes that we have been going through because he was out on the sea. And he said, peace, be still. And with the power of two words, three words, everything was quiet. He showed us the power of the words. And then he taught his disciples everywhere he went. He said, when you pray, I want you to pray, your kingdom come. Your will be done right here in this situation as it is in heaven. He said, when you speak, people, it's going to make a difference. Because it's not just our words. It's the fact that the Holy Spirit lives in us. And when we speak, we release life. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. The Bible says, I think it's in one of the next verses here, that the power of life and death is in the tongue. So every time you, check this out, every time you speak, you're either releasing life or death. What if we were to look at it that way? Every time you speak, you're either releasing life or you're bringing death. Steve used to teach our boys when they were growing up. Is this not true, John? Johnny, you can either encourage with your words or you can tear down. You can either build up, John, or you can tear down. Use your words, John. Right? Isn't it true? Don't we need to be reminded? 
There's such power when we speak. You see, you and I are to be like Jesus, to go into the world and speak to situations that are not as it is in heaven and make them as it is. Yeah? Let there be light. Let there be peace. Let there be healing. Let there be reconciliation. We have power in our words. You have no idea. And when we use our mouth and we keep his praises on our lips, what it does is it realigns our thoughts to remind us God's right here. He's bigger than this. See, some of us sometimes, Jesus said, if you see a mountain and it's in your way, speak to it and it'll move. A lot of us, we like to talk about the mountain instead of to the mountain. Can I tell you how bad my mountain was today? You know, somebody says, how how was your day? Well, I'll just tell you, okay? Like, my alarm going off late, and then when I got in the car, it wouldn't start. So I had to go to the shop, see? And then when we got to the shop, we realized it was going to be $300, which I do not have. And then I was late to work. And then when I got to work, you would not believe what the boss wanted me to do. Well, when you're in certain groups, I've been in them, even prayer groups later, early in my life, somebody next to me would go, I got, you got nothing on me. Can I just tell you about my day? Anybody been in these groups before? Yeah. Can I just, you, whoa, because my day started this way, and you would not believe what happened to me. And then the person across the room is, oh, you guys, wait till you hear about my day. And before you know it, we have released death, 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 death. And the atmosphere around us is going down, 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 down. Well, we better pray. And then we pray. But what if somebody said to me, how was your day? And I said, you know what? It was one of the hardest days I've had in a really long time. But my God was so faithful. He got me a ride to the, to the shop. And when I got there, I didn't have the money. But praise God, I have a credit card because I got it taken care of. And then I could drive to work. And when I got to work, the boss had way too much for me to do. But praise the Lord, I had this coworker came along and helped me. God was so faithful to me today. Do you see the difference? You see, if his praise is always on our lips, we can, in any circumstance, any storm, we can bring him honor and glory. And when we do that, we release life, and you change the atmosphere of wherever you are. We don't even realize sometimes what we're doing. So my question to you today is, what is on your lips? And can we help each other do it better? That's my question. All right. um, Here's what we want to do. Let's go on to the next one. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Did you see that one? So if we want to help or like something practical about how do we keep God's praises on our lips, we got to remember that whatever is in your heart is going to come out of your lips. Does that make sense? So therefore, if we back up, how do you fill your heart with good things? Right? Do you know that in the Bible, the heart and the mind are often used interchangeably in, in a lot of scenarios? So what we want to do is we want to start talking about what do you intake, what music do you listen to, obviously, what, you know, what are you watching hour after hour on Netflix or wherever. I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm just saying pay attention. And and pay attention to the music that you're listening to. Pay attention to what's the intake because what you intake will fill up your heart, right? And what you think about. Pay attention to what you're meditating on. Do you know that when Moses said to Joshua, it's time for you to take the people into the promised land, Joshua, and when you go, you're going to come up against nations that are ten times bigger than your nation. And the armies you fight against are going to be ten times bigger than your army. But Joshua, you have the advantage. I bet Joshua's like, what? You know, it's like, here's what I want you to do. Do not let this book of the law depart from your from your mouth but meditate on it day 
and night so that you will be careful to do everything in it. And then the Lord will be with you. And guess what? Joshua did. Isn't it interesting that he said, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. You see, it's how we continually remind ourselves and the people around us of who God is and how amazing he is. And yes, I know that mountain is big, but I'll tell you about how big my God is. He's even bigger. I want to tell you, I know this is a scary situation. I want to tell you how safe my God is. And we just continually keep his praises on our lips. Now, how else can we fill up our heart with good things so that the overflow comes out? We do this. I think Paul, in the fourth chapter of Philippians, knew Psalm 34. In fact, we can almost be sure he did. He knew the scriptures, right? Paul is saying the same thing in different words. And here's what he says. Rejoice in the Lord. How, how often? Always. always. Do you hear it? His praise will always be on my lips. It's the same thing. Rejoice in the Lord. Always. He, and then he says, I'll say it again. Rejoice. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, pre, with, let's see, by prayer and petition, with what? With thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. I have it memorized in a different version. Okay, here's the deal. Notice what he wants. He wants you to bring your anxious thoughts. We have them. He wants you to bring the hard thing you're going through. It's real. But we don't have to spew it and magnify it. To make it bigger out here, we just bring it to the Lord. And we can let it out as much as you want to. Because when we do it with thanksgiving, oh, then the Lord says, now we're talking. You bring me that anxious thought. I'm going to pour in my peace. You bring me that scary situation. I'm going to bring to you my presence. You bring to me that dilemma. You don't know what to do. I'm going to pour in my wisdom. We bring it with thanksgiving, thanking God all the time. I know you have what I need. I know you are whom I need all the time. It changes everything. So this is what Paul's saying. When you have those anxious thoughts, bring them to God. And then you know what happens? Then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart. And your mind in Christ Jesus. Now, a lot of us read that, and if you've memorized it like me, you stop right there. Do you know what the very next verse is? Check this out. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, do what, people? Think on these things. Why? Because if you're thinking on these things, then it'll fill up your heart with those good things. And then out of the overflow of your mouth, out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth will speak. See, it depends on what you meditate on. Meditate on his word. Meditate with worship music. You guys know the answers. I'm just here to remind you this morning. What we fill it up with matters. All right. I really wanted to tell you today about Caroline Leaf. Don't you think I should? Um, Write her name down, Caroline Leaf, and then just YouTube her and watch anything she does, but especially the stuff she does in church settings. I'm going to give you her two-second version, okay? She is a uh, neuroscientist, and she studied the brain for 30 years, okay? In her study of the brain, she shows you two pictures of two brains. Over here, she showed a picture of a brain that was only thinking good thoughts, and that brain Look, look like a tree that was healthy and multiplying and flourishing. Over here, she shows us a picture of a brain that is right now focusing on negative thoughts. And you know what that tree is doing? Like a dead branches on trees. 
And you're thinking, really? Yeah. You know what she says? That God designed our brains to live in goodness. You know we were designed for the garden? Do you know we weren't designed to know evil? That's why God said, don't eat the apple from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Your body's not meant to handle it. That's why if you try to do life alone, you're just going to be like that dead tree in the picture that I showed you, in the, right? But if we realize I'm not meant to handle this, I got to do life with my Lord. I got to do life with Jesus. I got to do life with the Holy Spirit continually renewing my mind and helping me think good thoughts. Are you with me? I got to do life with him because my body's not meant to handle it. And do you, here's the really amazing part. They have done scientific studies that prove, I think, yes, they have proven that. If you have only good thoughts going on in your head, you are 70 to 95% more likely to stay healthy from illness, disease, and mental illness. If you think good thoughts, you will be 70 to 95% more likely to be healthy. Because that's the way God designed our bodies to live. Now listen, we all experience trauma. We all experience hard things. But the, the, the answer we have is Jesus. We can bring them all to him and we give them to him and we pour out our hearts and he pours in his peace and we pour out our concerns and our frustrations and he pours in everything that you need. He is your abundant life. He is the sweet life. And our experience of him is very directly related to what is on our lips. I'll just finish with my testimony. A year ago... Um, I got some of my really good friends together, and we had an event here called Testify. And the whole reason was because of Psalm 34. Like, I'm so passionate about this. We had almost 200 women in the sanctuary from churches all over Indianapolis. And I asked 12 of my closest friends if they would come and, and testify. If they would tell their story of what God has done for them, just like David does in the Psalms. And so 12 of these friends stood up and said, I was suicidal. But the Lord rescued me, and I am free. And another woman stood over here, she said, my marriage is crashed and burned and was dying. But the Lord resurrected my marriage, and I'm here to tell you what he's doing for us today. And another woman over here said, I was bound up in the fear of just death. Like I wasn't able to enjoy life because I was always fearful of dying. And, and I want to tell you how the Lord set me free. And we just gave testimony after testimony after testimony. You know what happened in the room? Hope began to rise. Hope began. Do you know we live in a society that needs hope, people? Do you know that not only when we bless God, do not only do we bless him, it blesses us, it'll bless everybody around you. When you tell of what God has done for you, wherever you are, doctor's office, uh, swimming pool, office at work, wherever you are, tell about what God has done for you. You'll change the atmosphere. So one of the women would say, you know, he delivered me from this fear of death. Is there anybody else in the room that has experienced that? And one by one, women all over the room were standing up. I, I, I'm bound up by the fear of death. I'm, I'm bound up by it all over the room. So this woman, she began to pray and release healing that she had experienced because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of what Jesus has done once is a, is a prophecy, a pro prophetic declaration of what he can do again. And when she spoke it out, the words that she carried, uh, empowered by the Holy Spirit, brought healing and freedom to other women. Do you know how powerful your words are? Do you know what would happen if we just, everywhere we went, we just told about the goodness of God in our lives?
I don't know about you, but I need to be reminded. So here's my challenge to you today in closing. I'm going to challenge you to read a psalm a day for the rest of the summer. That could be you're just going to start and read all 150 of them, and you'll be done in about 150 days. Or you can pick one and read it for the whole week and, and then pick another one and read it for the, whatever you want to do. Here's my challenge. Be in the psalms every day, okay? I'm telling you, it'll change things. Number two, cultivate a heart of gratitude. Is Nancy Brush here today? I don't see the brushes. I'm just going to tell on her. I hope it's okay. I was going to ask her permission. She's not here. So she's my friend. She'll forgive me. I'm going to give you her 30-second story. Nancy used to deal with a mental illness. It had debilitated her. She had tried counseling, medication. Correct me if I'm wrong. And it was a, a, a terrible existence. She decided to try one final thing. You know what she did? She decided to give God thanks for everything in her life. So she thanked God for the chair to sit in. She thanked God that her child was healthy. She thanked God for a husband who went to work. She thanked God for the food in front of her. She just decided that was the only thing she was going to think about. Do you know what happened? (laughs) Nancy experienced a miraculous healing. She went back to the doctors who had been working with her for years. They took pictures of her brain. They did all these tests, and they said, We don't know what happened to you, but you no longer have this brain illness. You see, your brains can be reshaped. Your brains can be changed. Your whole way of thinking, your whole life, you can go from death to life. That's what Jesus does. My second challenge to you, besides reading the Psalms, is to cultivate a lifestyle of gratitude. What if we were just thankful for everything that came our way? And third, my challenge is watch what's on your lips. What if you took opportunity and you were very careful in the most holy way? You know what this does? It helps us remember he's right here. It keeps us abiding in the vine. He's right here. I want to honor you with my words. I want to give thanks to you even when it's hard. And when we do this, people, we are putting our our roots down deep into the soil of the Holy Spirit as he waters us and refreshes us. And we just stay in the presence of Jesus, which reminds us of how good he is all the time. And your life will begin to thrive. And you will be able to enjoy a sweetness of life with Jesus that you never had before. I'm going to move into a time of ministry. I don't see Lynn here today. Is that right, Nancy? She's she's gone. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to – I'm going to invite the – before I invite – yeah, would you do that? Thank you. Before I invite the ministry team, I'm going to ask you to take one minute. Pick up the sheet of paper in front of you. This is your ministry time. And there is a a part of your sheet there where you get to write your own psalm to the Lord. And I'm hoping two things will happen. Number one, it'll help you be in conversation with the Lord right now, wherever you are, whatever's going on. But number two, I pray that you'll take it with you and it will remind you to stay in constant conversation with the one who loves you, the one who wants you to know abundant life. Take it with you. Maybe pray it throughout this week. And on the flip side, there's notes if you want to look up more scriptures this week. You guys, let's go after this thing. What do you say? We live in a society where you can get online and you can pretty much blast anybody. You can slander anybody. And you can take offense when somebody slanders you. What if we just turn the whole thing around? And we just said, I just bless you, my friend. 
and those friends at work that are talking about the co-worker, you know, what if you joined in and said, you guys, you just bless me. You really care about this environment. And we don't enter in. Are you with me? To the slander. We can change our environments. Let's go after it. Let's just take a few minutes. And you just, with the Lord, um, and I'll wrap it up here in just a minute or two here, and just fill in the blanks of where you are right now. Come Holy Spirit. Help us to be honest with you. If anybody needs an extra sheet, Steve has them here in the back. Raise your hand. Yeah, we got a couple up here and one back there. Thank you, Jesus. Take your pen and write it in. Come on, well, this is homework. But he'll take it with you. Fill in your blanks. Absolutely. You know, sometimes our children can write the most honest psalms that there are. And we can learn from them. You bet. All right, and if you're on the ministry team, I'm going to interrupt your thoughts and ask you to come forward. If you're on the ministry team. The rest of you keep on going. Talk to the Lord. You're on the ministry team. Come on forward. Yeah, and if you don't finish these, you can take them home. Honestly, that's our hope. That you take them home and you finish them and you work on them and you meditate on them. We just thank you, Jesus. Now, we've got an amazing group of people up here, and you see them every week. But these people are here to pray with you if you know you want some help with this or you know that you have used your words to bring death instead of life you know just even confession was one of david's most powerful ways of using his lips to confess then we receive healing or if you have any ailment in your body i had uh, i felt like there might be somebody here who has a joint pain in your right elbow if that's you i feel like the lord wants to heal that today we invite you to come forward or the other thing I heard was ligaments in your knee. Anybody have any ligaments in your knee that really need the touch of the Lord healing today? Yeah, if so, come on up and we'll pray for your knee, okay? Other than that, you are free to go. I bless you with the fruit of praise on your lips. Wherever you go today, this week, and throughout your life, may it be a lifestyle of praise and gratitude. In Jesus' name, amen.